Hey, you damn guys. Welcome to Book Club Member Comics. My name is John Salinas, and I'm here with... Aubrey Loveless. Nam Danielle. Hey, you damn guys. Hey. 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 It's Halloween times. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. This is our book club podcast. He's going to put in that interminably long <laughs> fucking clip that he made. He's yeah. so proud of it. Oh, it's so good, though. This is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. We're talking to our friends, and Danielle's going to tell you all about it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, you no, are? I'm not. Do it. I won't do it. All you right. You have to. Oh, man. Okay, I guess I will do it then. We're going to read a thing, and we're going to tell you what we're going to read, and you also read it, and then we're, we'll read it, and we'll talk about it, and then you'll listen to us talking about it, and that's that's, that's it's the podcast. Mm. And so then you listen to us talking about what we read, and then you're gonna you're gonna type a response uh, into an email. It's a hey damn guys, or you can send us a message on social media of some kind, or you can record your voice in a response, oh. and we'll play it on the podcast. That would be, that would be fun because that's friendship. That's always and then fun. we'll talk about what, yeah, and then we'll talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about the thing that we read, and that's the. That's the feed bag. That's listener feed bag. <laughs> and then that's friendship. And that's a book club. Back to you, John. Yes. Awesome. That was incredible. You did it, even though you didn't want to. You have to do it because you're the chosen one. Yeah. Well, you were chosen to do I this. I was. I was. By by uh, some sort of magical like prophecy. Yes. Yes. And I seem like a normal person. I seem normal. Yeah. And then I go on a journey. I'm like, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Whoa. But then it turns out I was a special chosen one. All right. Let's go right to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. feedback. Listener feedback. From the feedback. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Get out, trades and floppies. Get out, hardback copies. Digital is fine. Read along this week we have a voicemail message do we yeah we have a surprise voicemail message Mm. let's see hey you damn guys robert newnham here no, it's not Robert Noonan. It's Betty Decker. Hey, you uh, were getting into Halloweeny times, and as soon as you started playing the Halloweeny thing, I was like, "Oh, oh, the cat thing's coming up." And uh, it, it reminded me of Ross Radke when he did it last year, and he did the meow thing. So, uh, just wondering if you could throw in a, a Ross Radke meow on there. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks for all the all that you do. Keep reading those books, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> that was great. Excellent. Benny Decker. Yeah. Book club member. Awesome. Oh, man. Thank you, Benny. That was fantastic. Oh, but uh, one thing that Benny referenced was Ross. So last year, uh, we had an episode with Ross, Old Haunts, for Halloween. And yes. Ross did the little meow. And I cut it into the yeah. the sound effect. And so... Um, I've gone back and done that, so it already played in this episode. So if you noticed, uh, you or you can go back and check it out. I put Ross's Wish meow in there. Already fulfilled, and uh, and it's going to stay in there. <laughs> yeah, great. Now it's added. It. Now Wonderful. it's a new addition to the to this. The I, I love that for you. Meow. <laughs> That's great. You're never going to believe this. We got a Hey Damn guys from Haydenor. 
Hayden Orr. Book club member. That's right. Hayden Orr says, great Drachiosode, you damn motherfuckers. I love this book. <laughs> the story is so cool and different, and the art feels like a splash of paint slapping you in the face while you walk around the LA in the 70s. That's a very specific thing to be feeling. Yeah, That's yeah. great. Yes. And I also love the eldritch Dracula vampire looks going on here. It's not one you see often, but it's appreciated. I normally go for a more Orlokian look to my preferred bloodsuckers, but a horrible, ever-shifting Shagoth of a Dracula? Nice. Yes, that's a great way to yeah, describe it. Absolutely. It's also very streamlined, Definitely. like very beautiful. Yeah. Like very, very creepy and also pleasant. I don't know. Something about the... Uh, aesthetic of it that yeah. I much enjoyed but yeah good stuff since I read it I've hoped we get a sequel or similar monster based story with the same vibes going on maybe Frankenstein son of a bitch <laughs> or Wolfman <laughs> asshole <laughs> on the subject of Lord of the Ring Lords of the Rings uh, which we finished yes we for did the, for the millionth time we've yeah. watched that which it just never gets old and gets better every time better and better it was good I would say did you know right. that in that scene that uh, where Aragorn kicks the helmet, you know, he broke his foot? He broke his foot. They, that's the take they used. All right, all right. They used that take. Uh, he says, uh, Lords of the Rings, I remember seeing them as a kid in theaters and crapping my little pantaloons at the Bilbo scene and the Galadriel scene. Yeah, great stuff. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, those are great. You know those the great. ones, yeah. he says. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, becoming obsessed with those movies for a few years. For a few years, just forever, infinitely. He continues on. I don't know exactly why, but how John is a sword guy. I've always been an axe guy, even as far back as the first time I saw The Wizard of Oz as a uh. wee babby. Tin Man was my favorite because he had an axe. Nice. Okay. So, of right. course, Gimli and his assortment of axes stole my heart. Well, yes, he would. And my axe. I always wanted a replica of his double-sided battle axe, and that love led me to being a dwarf guy in most fantasy settings for a long time, since they're usually the ones who get the cool axes. Yeah. But now, hold on. Did I hear y'all say you almost turned Van Helsing off? Yes. How <laughs> dare you? Okay. So... I don't think I've ever been so personally attacked. <laughs> Do you not appreciate cinema? Oh, no. The art of film? I can't believe it. I'm incensed over here. The opening scene, I think he's like fighting like a like a Dr. Hyde, Mr. <laughs> Jack. And it was just horrible. That opening scene was like, that made me want to turn it off. I was like, oh, this is going to be bad, bad. Yeah, because but we it thought it was going to be like bad it, in a fun way. It, and it did. It, it was. It, it was. But yeah. the opening was rough. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nor goes on to say. I'm incensed over here. The Draculas, the Wolfmen, the Frankenstein. Come on. And Mr. Hyde, too. Come on. Oh, no. Quincy Harker is actually from the original book itself. It's what Mina and Jonathan named their son. This is the thing that I've said uh, since at the end, Quincy Morris dies heroically while fighting the Dracula. Oh, okay. Nice. Uh, that official sequel, by the way, is uh, okay. It's official, quote unquote, because Dacra. Dockray, Docker Stoker. Uh, it's a great name. Uh, Bram's. Can you imagine a man named Bram walking up to you in your daily life? Hello, I'm Bram. Yeah, my Bram. nephew's name is Bram. That's, that's great. That's a great name. Cool. That's excellent. Is he, is he really named that? That's yep. fantastic. Yes, he is. Oh, man. Oh, that's great. Does he get a lot of good mileage out of it? I bet he does. Bring I, back Bram. It's a fabulous name. Mm -hmm. Bram's great-grand-nephew co-wrote it. 
I don't think that makes it official, but that's just me. It's not right. just you. It's not just you. <laughs> uh, it makes Dracula an anti-hero, uh, like a lot of media does nowadays, and makes the true evil vampire Carmilla Karstein. It doesn't make a lot of sense, and I wouldn't recommend it, to be honest. <laughs> he did also recently work on a Kickstarter comic that Ben Stenbeck and David Hitchcock contributed art on. Oh, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Also, John, you mentioned the viewing suite, the music from the Panos Cosmatos episode of the Cabinet of Curiosity. Oh, yes. And hell yeah, that shit slaps so hard. If you haven't seen Mandy starring Nick Cage, it's also directed by Cosmatos. Am uh, I saying this person's name correctly? I don't probably, know. Probably not. But uh, I haven't seen that either. I, I need to check that one out. Well, hey, Nor it says really it's got some great music by Johan Johansson. But this is, this is a great day for names. Plus, it's probably in my top three cage performances. Ooh. The soundtrack from It Follows by a Disaster Piece is also fucking amazing. And you should check that out, too, if you haven't. Specifically, the track Detroit is one that I will put on during a drive sometimes. Ooh. And then Drew Campbell said, "Ah oh, man, I love the idea of a whole series of monster comics with cusses in the titles. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. The Mummy, you piece of shit. <laughs> the Phantom of the Opera, dickhead. <laughs> the Corpse, you damn guys. Yes, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Drew also said, Reginald Bell Johnson Corner. Yes, he played a cop in Perfect Strangers, <laughs> Carl Winslow. <laughs> Family Matters was a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. And a quick that. Wikipedia scan shows that he played a corrections officer in Ghostbusters and a detective in Turner and Hooch. I love Turner and Hooch. Fabulous. I forgot about that one. <laughs> Excellent. We Great love that. job, Drew. Thank you, Drew. I love that. Thank really you. Love that. And thank you, Hayden, also. Yeah. That was an epic uh, rundown. Too fab yeah. It was an epic bacon. It good, was. My good sir, it, was it a tip of the fedora to you? Well, it makes me want to rewatch Van Helsing yeah, again. It, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I don't know. The first time around, I was kind of like, I don't know what I was expecting. Yeah. But anyway, I need to go in with just like, let's have fun with this. I went in the original time with this is going to be bad in a fun way. <laughs> and it ended up being bad in a boring way. So there you go. I think that's the worst thing a movie can be is boring. That's the worst thing that can happen. I don't know. In a maybe movie. Yeah. Is it, well, maybe is there's more nuance to Hugh Jackman and Kate Beckinsale's performances. He's a huge jacked man. All right. Thank you, Hey Noren. Thank you, Drew Campbell. John's coming to take away the tablet, so I know I'm done with it now. <laughs> That's how I know. Um, we love you, damn guys. Oh, yes. But I was also thinking, like, what is my favorite axe? And I don't really know too many axes. I'm trying to think like, <laughs> you have what a is favorite axe? Yeah, I like I mean, who has an axe in media? Like, like obviously Gimli. And oh yeah, Gimli for sure. Would you consider, I was thinking, um, would you consider Stormbringer from Endgame? And in that's what I was. That's, that's the other axe. one that I was thinking. Sure. Yeah, that's the other one that I was. thinking. I don't like that. One. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, Buffy had a weird axe. Oh okay, Buffy yeah, had an yeah. axe there. Yeah, Buffy had a weird axe that awakened all this, all the um, the other Slayers, and it Jason did. Jason went, ran around with a mask in the Friday the Thirteenth movie. I mean, an axe did, mask. Did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. So he had an axe sometimes. Now that sometimes. you've asked me who has axes, I cannot for the life of me think of any. But I'm sure that later, after we're done recording this, <laughs> I'll think of like five or six. Right. Oh, but another thing that I was thinking of is he said Mandy is in his top three cage performances. I wonder what the other two are. Mm. Ooh. you gotta tell us you gotta tell us what they are you gotta predict, tell us pr predict one of the movies that's in the matchstick men 
Oh, that's a good it's one. A great performance. Like, like not ironically, but not trying it, to be funny. That's that a is good a good movie. But are you saying that that's one of Hayden's? I no, I'm just saying that's a good one. Oh, okay. Raising Arizona. My Raising fa- Arizona. That's a good one. My favorite all time number one has got to be. Oh no, I don't know if I can decide between Con Air and Face Off. Oh, those, those are, are two great performances. performances. This has got to be my top one and two. Adaptation is really good. That's a really good one too. Leaving Las Vegas is really good. But what, what about axes? Can we think of any more axes? Oh, yeah. There's so many. There's so many. That's the only thing I could think of. Damn it. Oh, I'm gonna think of this about, right like, after you turn Paul this off. Paul Bunyan. Oh, what, what about no what about um Hellboy? He has an axe in he the fury. Does. Yeah. And yeah, that's some good shit. That's gotta be your number one because you like Hellboy. Yeah. Yeah. He's got an axe. Yeah. Yeah, Hellboy's axe. There you go. Yeah. Or Kashi the Deathless also. There he you does go. the axe. I never really thought about it before. <laughs> Yeah, I never thought about it either. I'm but think of so many no. as soon as you turn this off. <laughs> oh, another slasher uh, used an axe was in Silent Night, Deadly Night. Santa okay, Claus maybe that's what axe. I was thinking of. And we also heard from Mark Tweedell. Mark Tweedell. Book club member. He said, you mentioned the Lord of the Rings, and I suddenly ached to rewatch the extended editions. Yep. I love a good marathon. Absolutely. Listen to the full scores and revisit the books. In high school, I read those books annually. I love it yeah. so much. It's awesome. been too long. Heck yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've read the books. I probably haven't read them since the movies it's came out. It's been a minute, yeah. Yeah. We were, ta- we were talking about like, um, well, I guess this is more for what do you see, what do you say, but we finished Return of the King. Yeah. And we were talking about like. The books and movies have sort of blended together for yeah, me. And I can't really remember I what's used in to the know, book and what's like, just in the movie. Because I was telling you when they quote unquote like kill frodo you sure. know where they do his whole death scene like i was like this doesn't happen in the book right is, is that right aubrey or no am i wrong on that sheila bub does stab him and wrap him up and sam does think he's dead but the guards take oh. him up to the room and strip him of his armor because that's how the mouth of sauron the got the mithril armor to show yeah to gandalf of them that that you know hey you're you're we got your boy and all that but well then i'm totally wrong then because i was like i don't think this <laughs> well, that's is what in the i'm book. saying is yeah. that like it, our memories have sort of like we can't remember yeah. which is just the movie and which well, they left out and whatever in the if book i remember and, correctly though the sheila bob scene Shelob. what did i say something wrong sheila bob less... <laughs> yeah why did i say that i don't know <laughs> it's Shelob. anyway in the Shelob scene, I believe it takes place in the book at the end of Two Towers. Now, what about another part that we were talking about was where they quote unquote where they think Aragorn's dead, where he goes over the edge while they're fighting right. the wargs or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is not in the book. I don't think that's in the book. Uh, Saruman yeah, dies. Yeah, but then how else really would he have met his horse? <laughs> that's just that's for the movie. Horse. But that's just for the movie. But that's his horse now. He, yes. he got that's his horse. Yes, that's his horse. Anyway, what R. were you R. saying? R.I.P. Aragorn's horse. Saruman's death was different in the book. Saruman. Because his, his death was tied to the scour in the Shire. Mm, yeah. Oh, right. They only show like a little vision of that. In yeah. The Saruman. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Awesome. He also said, yeah, Sean Astin. Yeah, Sean Astin. Oh, fuck yeah, good. Sean in- Astin. Amazing. Incredible. He's great performance. in that movie. Golly. He also said, when will you wear wigs? Uh, <laughs> do, do you know that reference, Aubrey? Do you know that interview? When will you wear wigs? I'm not sure. Elijah okay. Wood's reaction so to that I'll, kills uh, me every fucking I'll time. link it in the show notes. Oh it's uh, Elijah Wood is being interviewed by, um, I forget this his name. This is like hour 13 of press junkets. <laughs> they have lost their fucking minds. But doing he's being interviewed by the actor that plays Mary. 
Okay. So they're interviewing each other, and he's asking him all these questions about wigs. And finally, Elijah Wood just breaks because he can't. It's just ridiculous do it anymore. But he's just asking him like, "When will you wear wigs? Do you wear wigs?" <laughs> it's just all these. <sighs> anyway, it's really funny. Um, I'll link in the show notes if you don't get that reference. Is it, are hot, you talking though. about Dominic Monaghan? Yeah, he was on Lost. Yeah, yeah, it's it was, him. It was Charlie. They're they're they're, uh, they're interviewing each other. Anyway, anyway it's funny. They've clearly lost their fucking minds, and it's great. I was gonna say, have you guys listened to their podcast, The uh, Friendship Onion? What? No, we haven't. What? Amazing. Yeah, Dominic Monaghan and um, Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd. Yeah, Billy Boyd. Yeah, they've been doing like a podcast. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they did. They they were doing a podcast about Lord of the Rings. Um, they yeah, they it became the actual Onion. brothers. Like they became wow. lifelong friends, and That's they continuously awesome. like anytime they do an appearance together, like they will do whatever. They'll be like, "Let's do the song and dance." From the prancing pony or the green right. dragon or whatever the yeah. hell the fucking dance that, that they were doing. And they like, they'll do it. They're just whatever. They're like, yeah, we're hobbits. It's fine. We love it. <laughs> like, they're great. They're just very uh, enthusiastically, publicly lifelong friends. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Mark also said the cast commentaries for the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings films are officially the best cast commentaries that have ever been done or ever will be. Agreed. This is fact. Agreed. I don't this know is what was the last time known. I've listened to those this commentaries. We gotta I used do to that. fall asleep listening to those. Wow. Oh, wow. And that's like all the stuff that I kept like we'd be watching the movie and I'd be like, oh, and then in this scene, so and so said that right, it was blah, yeah. blah, blah. And you're like, I won't be like, what did you? I'm like, it's the commentaries. Right. Okay. It's the commentaries. I need to listen to those more. Extended edition exclusively. Yes. I'll never watch the theatrical version. <laughs> never. What if you were in a hotel and you were flipping around on the t- hotel TV and the Lord of the Rings theatrical version was on? Absolutely not. I would simply turn off the television. <laughs> what if uh, it was re-released in theaters, but it was the theatrical version? I would absolutely go see that. That's under 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 one circumstance. Mm, okay. Under gotcha. one circumstance. <laughs> you know the t- that T-shirt that says no fear? And then someone says, <laughs> but what if they released it but <laughs> one fear <laughs> one circumstance mark also said but regarding yeah, those commentaries those commentaries are perfect amazing okay. nice what else did he say he said regarding erica henderson the artist on dracula motherfucker okay, that we discussed gears. last week i'm switching gears he said um he recommended danger and other unknown risks okay it's a graphic novel that was released earlier this year he said it's so much fun parasocial also came out that's the other that's the other graphic novel that she's involved with and mark also said that he likes the mushroom burial there you go yeah oh so yeah he cool. said that's a good idea excellent he High said five. i'd also be okay with being made into tiger food beautiful mm-hmm. we're mushroom burial okay. friends yeah i'll chop part of your your legs off for the tigers okay. and then the rest <clears throat> can be a mushroom burial <laughs> okay um I'll, it- I'll grind up your leg meat and and put it in a pumpkin <laughs> and roll it into their enclosure and they'll have some enrichment they'll have a, a little halloween treat yeah there you go <laughs> That was like macabre, but also kind of cute. They'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> the rest will be mushroom food. All right. And now we can go on to our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? Yes. We've already talked about yeah. all our Lords of the Rings. We already stuff. talked about Lords of the Rings. Yeah. What about you, Aubrey? Do you have some things that you've been checking out? Yeah, I actually got two that I wanted to talk about. We watched, because, uh, you know, spooky season starting up again, or has started up. <laughs> uh, so we watched a couple of uh, movies. The first one is on Hulu. It's called... No one can save you. 
And I oh, really, I, that's the one I was telling you I want to see. Okay, yeah. okay. I re- oh, man. Okay, so I really don't want to say too much about it because I went in not knowing anything about it, and I fucking loved it. But, awesome. Uh, okay, awesome. good to know. We're yeah. going to watch that. Okay. Right on. Should I watch this? Aubrey, can you tell me that? It's rated PG-13, so it's not gory or anything. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Right on. Yeah. Good to know. And then the other thing we watched is on Netflix. It's uh, from 2019 called In the Tall Grass. Based on a novella by Stephen King and Joe Hill. Ooh. Oh, nice. This uh, brother and sister are driving California or somewhere, and they get stopped in Oklahoma, and they hear this kid crying and uh, yelling for help in the tall grass, and they go in to try to save him, and then they can't find their way out. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty it's pretty spooky. Not very gory. Uh, there are, there are, well, it's not really gory at all. There's like a couple of dead animals in it okay. that they don't linger on the shots or anything like that. Would you recommend it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Wilson is in it. <laughs> He's one of those actors who are like, every time I see him, I'm like, man, I like that guy. Yeah. And then I completely. Yeah. John, too. We were just talking about the that. The other day. And then I completely forget for he reason. exists. The Conjuring. Like, yeah. This, this is the guy. He refuses to be famous. Yeah. And then I just kind of forget that he exists. And then all of a sudden he yeah. pops up in another movie and I'm like, hey, it's that guy. I like He's it. got a glamour of some kind. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I will not be famous. I don't want to. But I'll be in so you know, many movies. I mean, he is. He's got a glamour happening or something that he's doing. Good on him, too. I mean, that's the way to do it. We uh, we had the Exorcist on. And uh, did I tell the story? I've probably told the story like on several. Yeah, occasions, yeah, you did but... tell it. Okay, so whatever, I'm 14, and they're re-releasing it in the cinema, and we're like, ah, this is a movie made in the 70s, it's not going to be anything. My mom was like, it's going to be really scary, you're going to hate it. And we came out of there like, that was fucked up, we didn't know it was going to be that yeah, fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Why did you let us see this movie? <laughs> but um, it was, it's, uh, I that that scene where the priests are saying the power of Christ compels you, right, yeah. goes on for so much fucking longer than I ever imagined. <laughs> It could go on. And I was like, there's no way this is still going. I've died and I'm trapped in hell. They're still saying this. It goes on for so much longer. And just when you think maybe it'll stop, it keeps going. Yeah. And it was like, I felt like I'd gone crazy. I felt like I had gone mad. And but maybe that was the intended. They wanted the yeah. audience to feel super uncomfortable. It's very disoriented. It makes you feel disoriented and uncomfortable. And I, I, I guess that's. That's cinema, mm-hmm. baby. That's filmmaking. It makes you feel something. Absolutely. It made, I thought, it made I, me feel real weird. It, and and, and I, I was in there watching it, too. And it, I did feel something, too. I don't know that I was scared, but it was like, I wasn't scared, but yeah, I wasn't I was like, scared. I was just like, this is weird. Yeah. I feel weird. <laughs> this is a weird I'm movie. I'm feeling yeah. real weird. So, yeah, I, yeah. Was, I would say that it holds up. Yeah. Well, and the, um, the actor who plays the mom. Oh, Ellen uh, Burstyn. We watched a movie. With her in it. We just really, we didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about it. Same time next year. Same time next year. That song is your favorite song, John. (laughs) The song in the movie is his favorite song. That's not a, that's not a Halloween movie. That's just an old movie. No, it's just an old, old movie. Yeah, but what about her? Oh, yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's (laughs) She's, really good. She's good good at freaking out. She's good at freaking out on the level of um, the mom in Twin Peaks. Oh, She's nice. She's real good at freaking Grace out. Grace Zabriskie. Yes. Thank you for that, John. They're, I think they're in a class, you know, of like moms freaking out that is like just unparalleled. And also the obviously we got to talk about how the music is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's great. The music is great in that. Uh, Max von Sydow. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. All our, I mean, we were talking about um, Linda Blair. 
Linda Blair, the girl. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really good. She's, yeah. I mean, she does a great job in that movie. For a kid actor, you're like, wow, she really gives a performance. Good job. I was. um, They put her through it, man. Last weekend, I was hanging out with my brother uh, in San Antonio with the fams, and they were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) Oh, no. The original. And, I've never seen it, and I never will. And uh, and well, we watched it with with the girls. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. And uh, so that was a lot of fun because they had never seen it before. Oh man! And um, I didn't wow. realize like it's not it's not very bloody. There's hardly any blood in it at all. It's just very. There's a lot of screaming, yeah. which I know you. Well, I'm I, not gonna. Yeah. As we were watching, I was like, Danielle would never watch. It oh yeah, half Let of the me, movie is just screaming. I would like to read. Like I'd like to. When I said I've never seen it and I never will, it's because it sounds real annoying. Yeah. Like I can't stand just high pitched screaming, constant screaming. I'm not going to, I'm turning it off. Yeah. It was good. I was like, wow, you know, that, you know, for 1978 or whatever, when it came out, right. I was like, yeah, I can see why this is such a, and I've seen it before, but it's been a while since I've actually sat there. Like we all sat in oh, front sure, of the TV yeah. and watched it together and, you know, and watching it with them. They had never seen it before. So it's kind of like, I don't know. When you watch a movie with people that haven't seen the movie before, you kind of get it's a different. It's exciting. It is. You know, you get a different experience yeah, out well, of it. I can't so. wait till they see this part. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look over and they're reacting the way you expected. It's so satisfying. It came out in 1974. 74. Wow. So, yeah, older than yeah. I thought. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I also watched The Conjuring. That's another one with Patrick Wilson. Too much screaming. Um, I had to leave. Yeah. You had. You, you were like, ah, oh, there's. You were. <laughs> You were talking about when little kids are in horror movies and they're just like just screaming scream. and crying. That's one reason why we can't watch like Aliens. No, I can't. You know, because uh, there's all the screaming in it that It is one. the most high pitched and it's forever. Yeah. It goes on and on and on and it's just like, who thought this was a good idea? <laughs> I would watch edits of movies that would take that out. Right. I would pay money for that. Because um, I want to be able to watch these fucking movies yeah. that everyone always talks about, how great they are. I turn it on and it's just constant high pitched screaming and it's like I can't do it. It was good. I I think I had seen it before, but I kind of wanted to watch all those movies. They're all on Max right now. I was like, man, I should watch all it, these. As so, soon as I anyway. see a little kid in a horror movie, I'm like, this is it. I have to turn this off. And then five minutes later, I'm proven right. There's been some exceptions though. There are I, some I exceptions. I can't think of one right now though. We had a Six Sense. Okay, Haley that's a Joel good one. Osmond was great. Yeah. Bruce um, Willis, amazing. Anyway, continue. We had a, a little band field trip. We went and saw the Melvins we did. and Boris. We did. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that was earlier this week. That was really awesome. Wishing Del Crover a speedy recovery. Yeah, one of the reasons you go see the Melvins is you want to see Del Crover. He's one of the best drummers of all time. And unfortunately, he had to have spinal surgery. So oh, we're wishing no. him So, uh, all yeah, the best. but he's uh, apparently he's doing well and he's, good, he's good. on the mend. He's getting better. But they had a sit-in drummer. Who was awesome, Cody Willis. Well, he's been, to be fair, he's been like their tech for like 14 yeah, years yeah, or something. Somewhere. I mean, I don't even know how the number of years, but it's a really long time. A really long so. time. So um, he did an amazing job. Yeah, they sounded did. incredible. They did. You know, King uh, Buzzo was really living it up, man. He was really casting a spell in that room. He sure did. It was, uh, it was a way overpacked room. It's been a uh, long time since they I've been. oversold that. I did uh, not like that. Since I've been in, the, in a crowd where you're just like mm-hmm, all crammed mm-hmm, in there, mm-hmm, you know, it was mm-hmm. kind of like. You know, but it was awesome. Uh, I had a great time. And then, by the way, we both have updated vaccinations. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We also saw Boris. They also played with the Melvins. I had never seen them before. They're a Japanese metal band. And they rarely come to the U.S. So I thought it was really cool that we got to see them. And uh, they rocked it. I mean, they were super into it. I think um, the drummer came out in a Bucky's 
like onesie Did or something he? like that. Oh, nice. Um, Bucky's is the. What, what, how do you? Are we going to talk about Bucky's? Anyway, it's a it's a Texas thing. But anyway, uh, I thought it was funny that that happened. It was a good show. Really recommend uh, checking that tour out if you're if you're in one of the cities that they're hitting up soon. Yeah, but that was awesome. Let us know what horror movies, what uh, what stuff you're checking out. It doesn't have to out. be horror. It's spooky times. It does. Yeah, but listen, okay. <laughs> October is my favorite month. Yeah. And I feel like you can enjoy autumnal things. Okay. Also. Okay. So you know, like the part of the part of the store you go to has all the scary, bloody, creepy <laughs> stuff. There's also a part of the store that has wicker pumpkins. Okay. And little velvet crows. What's the opt- things like that? Well, then let us know what is an yeah. autumnal movie. What's sure. an autumnal movie? You can do autumnal. Stuff. I guess Lords of the Rings is kind of like we're getting there. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. most people associate them with Christmas. They though, do. Because that's came when the movies out. came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's true. But we couldn't wait. And we, we were just wait. too excited. <laughs> and so it got below okay. 90 degrees it every sure day. It sure did. So we so, got real pumped. <laughs> so we that. said we're putting these we're on. We're putting these on. Um, and also, you know, what if you like to curl up with some jazz music and a good book and a sweater yeah. and your blankies mm-hmm. and some delicious, some sort of delicious uh, cider yeah. or something? That's that's valid. Yeah. You know? Okay. You can yeah. be cozy. It doesn't have to be. It's, it doesn't have to be <laughs> blood and guts. It can be cozy. Okay, let us know your autumnal recommendations for coziness and autumnal movies. Also, spooky doesn't have to be gross. Spooky can be yeah, just a vibe, like an ethereal okay type of movie. So those exist. Okay, like, let's do like, that too. Yeah, like the two movies I watched, those were more spooky than scary. Oh, okay, nice. I love like it. A spooky vibe. Love it. Yeah. All right. Excellent. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. We sure are, John. And this week we're talking about Batman, the doom that came to Gotham. <laughs> this is a three-issue comic book miniseries published from November 2000 to January 2001 under the DC Comics Elseworlds imprint. So they can kind of like, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. What did you say earlier? Oh, I said Elseworlds is for the writers and artists who have the balls. <laughs> To do something fucking cool. Yeah. They've got the guts, you know? This is written by Mike Mignola, who we've talked about extensively, right? Big Mignola fan. He does when the covers for When did we do that? I don't know. Maybe I've had another podcast, the Hellboy Book Club maybe. podcast, where we've covered all the Hellboy stories. Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Yes, maybe. Um, it's written by Mike Mignola and Richard Pace, and illustrated by Troy Nixie, inked by Dennis Janke. Mignola also provides the covers for this series. Over in the Hellboy who Book did Club. the colors? You did the colors. I think Troy Nixie also did the colors. I see I see Dave Seward did the colors for this covers. Yes, he did the colors for the covers. <laughs> this is a great cover. Anyway, it also says that it's an animated original movie. I wonder if he did the colors for the interiors, too. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and it is an animated movie. I haven't watched it yet, though. I wanted to I wanted to do this on the podcast, and then maybe we can watch it and talk about it next week or something like that, because I would like to check that out. Yeah, it says colorist. It says Dave Stewart right here. Good job there. Yeah. Thank you. All right. John. This cover is awesome. Yeah, it's great. I love the Mignola version of Batman. And Same. I, I think one of the first things you asked me, Aubrey, was like if it was a sequel to Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, I was completely wrong on that. <laughs> but 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 it does kind of I was like, have, is it? Well, it kind of has that same feel of the Batman, you know what I mean? But it's not. Um, it's its own separate thing, but it does kind of um have that like old school feel i was though it does have those yeah. vibes and i was aubrey at times when i was reading this like 
what year is it? Like I was like, where, when, when is this? So there were some like moments where I was like, when is this supposed to be? I think it's the, I think it tells you. Oh, 1928. Yeah. But like some of the, I don't know if maybe that's just my perception of it, but some of it seemed like sort of not anachronistic. Well, maybe, but like, I don't know. It just Mm. seemed like sometimes the vibes are very like 1920s. And then sometimes the vibes are like, is that, is that modern technology? What is oh, that? Okay. Like, I don't know. So, so I wanted to give a quick shout out to Wes Matice. Wes Matice. Book club member, co-host on the Baltimore episode. Yes. Thank you, Wes. This was actually his recommendation. He was like, oh, for Halloween times, you should check out this Batman comic. Oh, awesome. But we couldn't get him on. Our schedules didn't align yeah. right. And we have a specific schedule for this week. And Aubrey's going out of town. And then we're going out of town. And we had to do it this week. And it just didn't work out, unfortunately. So, but I wanted to give I wanted to thank Wes and hopefully he can give us some feedback and let us know what yeah. he thought. And speaking about the Hellboy Book Club, we saw Troy Nixie's art on Lobster Johnson, A Chain Forged in Life. We discussed that on episode 73 of that podcast. So we've actually seen some Troy Nixie artwork. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. The story's title is an allusion to Lovecraft's The Doom That Came to Sarnath from mm. 1920. Okay. So that 1928, okay. Uh-huh. The spiral notebook was invented in 1924, apparently. Oh. According to Google. But then again, it that might be made up. I don't know anymore if you can trust <laughs> internet searches. So who's to say? Who's to say? But so, there's a big spiral notebook paper here. Yes, yes, there is. So that's what I was like. When was that? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? I was like, stuff like that. I'm like, when was that invented? I guess right. earlier than I thought. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Perhaps. Well, and Bruce Wayne would have like the latest stuff. He would. Too. Oh, yeah. So we open in Cape Victoria, Antarctica, 1928. This might be a reference to Victoria Land, which is in East Antarctica. And there's a group of guys. They seem to be looking for the Cobblepot expedition. Oh, shit. Mignola likes doing this, right? Yeah. Where it's like, ah, oh, we're trying to look for some expedition of some lost thing. Right. They, and they found it, a ship that is wrecked on the ice. This one guy who's leading things wants, wants to take a look around. One of the crew, Dick, finds something in the ice. It's Cobblepot's journal. And it says some creepy stuff. Yeah. So this wasn't Batman's, though. This was Cobblepot's. The journal, yeah, yeah. Who is rich also? Yeah. So I guess. He, oh right, he he's also, also rich. Yeah, stuff. he would have it. Yeah, so it says like things are getting worse, and they had to kill all the dogs because the dogs wouldn't calm down. That's really macabre. That's fucked up. That's don't, probably one of the creepiest things in here. Sounds like a skill issue, bro. But he's like, uh, "What is in the ice? How does it know my name?" Yeah, it's, you... it's it's like real creepy kind of stuff. Why is it center justified? That's weird. <laughs> you wouldn't write like that. Maybe the ice is driving him crazy, and now he can only write center justified. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> One of them spots the a horror. Fig- the horror. One of them spots a figure. It's a naked guy waddling around in the ice. Amazing. He's like, Cobblepot, is that you? And he's like, walk, walk. Yeah. And he walks away. I love that. <laughs> we see another note that says, I have come home. Okay. This guy follows into this cave. And he finds another guy in there wow. chiseling away at something. Don't do it. He's like, Cobblepot. No, he's gone. He is all penguin at last. It is sad, but once I was such as he, 
I was Grendon, but now I am chosen by him to be his messenger to the world. Greatly favored am I, don't you think? Look at these. Uh, they're penguins, but they're frog monsters. Right. So the penguins are they also look like the frog monsters. Yeah, they have some things. And he's chiseling away at this giant monster. Don't do it. Stop doing that. I would say. Yes. Stop chiseling the monster out. <laughs> I, I, I hate to be like... Don't chisel the Eldritch Horror out of the ice, <laughs> please. I hate to be like, how many Hellboy comparisons can I make in one episode? Sure. But obviously, like this made me think of the Saduhem, 100%. right? 100%. They, they go on an expedition, they yeah. go out there into the ice, and they find Saduhem in the ice. 100%. Yeah, so I was like, that's what this reminds me of. But Troy Nixie's art, you know, it does kind of have this Mignola kind of feel to it, but it's so much weirder and mm. kind of... I wouldn't I say know, weirder, it's, it's just a different flavor. It's just a different flavor. I'm sure we'll talk about it more. Uh, to be honest, the entire time I was reading this, I was like, this could be a Hellboy story. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. For sure. This guy tries to get Grendon to come with him, but then he's attacked by these mutated penguins. He's about to be attacked by Grendon too, but he knocks him out with his gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he starts blasting, and all the penguins get scared and run away. I started blasting. Anyway, I started blasting. Bah, bah. You would also not name your ship the Argo. So he says, what the hell is that? And Grendon says, the lurker on the threshold. That's what he calls that monster thing that he was chiseling out. Crazy. So the guy calls to his ship, Tim, I need some high explosives. And they blow that cave, mm. right? So that way it blocks off like no one else can get there again. But he hears a voice. The thing is coming, but like no one else hears it. He's like, what? Did you boys hear something? No, sir. And they're like, are you all right? He's not. He's not. He's not going to be all right. He's not all right. <laughs> nope. As they head back out to their ship, the crew ask about Cobblepot. Trust me, boys. Even if he's not dead, he's gone. Mm. And then we see Cobblepot talking to the penguins, and he's like, gone to heaven, and hell is going with you. So he's like, I'm happy here. I'm having a great time. I'm just going to be like a naked guy with these penguins. In the Arctic. Right. What do you think these, about these that? mutated penguins. <laughs> yeah. So like, as I was reading this, I'm like, Mignola just wants to make a weird, gross version of everybody. Yes. And here's the weird, gross yes. version of the penguin. He's a naked, naked guy wandering around in the ice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. Yeah. I mean, I guess good on him, right? On the ship, the guy talks to his ship captain. Turns out he's Bruce Wayne. Okay. And he's been gone from Gotham for 20 years, but now he's like, let's go back. Let's return. Mm. Inside the ship, we meet the crew. Uh, we learn that the guy, Grendon, uh, who was chiseling at the Cthulhu thing, is actually dead. As soon as they got him out of the ice, he started to spoil. And the two boys helping out are Dick and Jason. Okay. Right? So he's like, he's mm -hmm. got his bat family. He does. Jason is making a refrigerator suit. In the meantime, they'll keep Grendon locked in the freezer. And he's like, the thing is coming. They they keep hearing that. Who is? I don't know. Uh, well, at first it was Bruce Wayne that heard it. And then it says it again. Yeah. When they're leaving, I guess that's Bruce Wayne again. But then in this last shot, it could be Grendon. I don't know. Hmm. They're all kind of could getting. It could be both of them, actually. Yeah, it could be both of them. Yeah, they're both kind of like, they seem to be tapped into this right otherworldly thing. I like how he has the bat suit there. So this is how it starts. 20 years waiting for something. Waiting for what? Whatever it is, it's close now. Let me get my signature bat costume and bat gun. <laughs> right? <laughs> but this is like a 1920s Batman, so yeah, he's got a gun. You know, I think that's interesting, too, that they're just like, okay. ah, fuck it. You know what I mean? It's our version of Batman. Batman and with a gun. And he would have a gun. I like that right? the Batman suit is kind of lobster-esque. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There. 
That's fun. It definitely is. And and this is where it kind of reminded me of like the Gotham by Gaslight costume is yeah. kind of it has some elements that are like this. Oh, for people for people who don't who had never heard the the Hellboy Book Club podcast, Lobster when I said it's lobster esque, I meant Lobster Johnson. Lobster Johnson. A character in a different book. They know who that is. Okay. Sometimes it's somebody's first podcast. Okay, ever. yeah, sure, maybe. Know. So over with Grendon, we see him. He feels that the ship is taking their master where he wants to go. They're going to Mignola Company. Gotham City. What is this version of Gotham City? It's like, a, oh. well, I guess it's just like the 1920s version, right? Uh, yeah. But we do see Mignola Co. Of New York City. New York City. Oh, wait, let me try that again. New York City. In New York City. We have some, those Easter eggs in there, Mignola Co. and Nixie yeah. Vinegar. And Fishy Cake Fork? I don't know what that is. You want some fishy cake? Yeah, I do. Yeah? Yeah. As they approach, Alfred comes over to Bruce, and he comments on how strange it is to be back after 20 years. And they have an old-timey flashback. Mm. This time we get to see how this Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered. Okay. You know, this is going to be like a staple of every Batman comic. Uh, one right. of the things that we re- reoccur on is this, like, church or whatever that has the clock. Um, we're going to see that a couple times in the comic. Thomas Wayne is talking about legacy. And Martha Wayne is telling Bruce that he'll have big shoes to fill. There's this one vagrant guy looking uh, looking at them, and he's like, damn the shoes, and damn you, Wayne. And he starts stabbing them. Golly. And saying, the thing is coming, and I'll see you in hell for it. All right. Martha's last words to Bruce are, run, before she gets stabbed. And he runs to this church or whatever. And when he gets there, he gets swarmed by bats. Jeez. There's some cool looking bat designs, yeah. you know. I really it's like so this. Cute. And um, you know, the flashback has like the sepia tone colors, you know, mm. which we see a lot like yeah. in Hellboy comics and stuff like that. And he's got his his big tall socks on, his high socks. Those are fancy boy socks. Yeah, yeah but I like this take on um that's when he gets swarmed by the bats. That makes sense. Like it, if it happened like right after his parents died, yeah. then he gets swarmed by the bats immediately after. It's like, oh, okay. I yeah. don't know. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. We cut back to the boat. Make make sure he's nice and fucked up. Yeah. Make sure he's the most traumatized ever. We cut back to the boat. Jason is going to stay there with Grendon and Dick asks if they should call the police, but Bruce says not yet. I thought this was important, right? We'll come back around to this, mm. but he's like, maybe we should call the police. And he's like, not yet. So the rest of them... They go back to Wayne Manor. So they haven't been there in 20 years. They're, they're like, it don't need some airing out. Yeah. Um, but they're also like, wow, what a place. Like, they've been living in a ship, and now they get to this right. mansion or whatever, right? Right. But someone has left a body there for them in front of the fireplace. We see that, like, the picture over the fireplace, too, has been, like, scratched out. It's been uh, slashed up. Yeah, defaced. Yeah. Like, like they, someone was stabbing it. So they do some detective work. Here's some classic Batman detective work, mm. right? They look at the body. They find broken glass in his clothing, ink-stained fingers, and splinters under the nails. He smells like chemicals and something reptilian, Bruce says. What? You know that reptilian smell? Yeah. Yeah, that classic <laughs> reptilian smell. That's interesting. But what's your name? Langstrom, the dead body says. Jumped up Gemini. And then this huge plume of that. <laughs> this huge plume of flame erupts from the fireplace. It's Jason Blood. Oh shit. It's this universe's version. Love it. 
I got, you know, I got excited. I got pumped. And he's like, I was fucking psyched. I like this moment too, because he's like, come talk to me over here alone. And he's like, what are you doing in my house? Like, <laughs> What, how did you get in here? And then so he goes in there. Well, Tim's like, let's get him. Yeah. Quiet, Tim. But he follows Jason Blood into the room, and he's staying in front of this mirror. Mm. And so as soon as he, he's like, son of a. like he's, he, Then he sees, like, right. you know, Etrigan is in the reflection. I love that. I think that's a, that's so a cool good. reveal. Really good. You know, a nice way to do that. Yeah. We did a Batman Etrigan story a while back, and they did that with the window. Like, mm-hmm. whenever he looked out the window, Etrigan was there. So, I, I love it. you know, I like that kind of imagery. I like this take on Etrigan. He looks like a yeah, creepy, awesome. craggledy like fucking that's what i'm saying they're all weird and gross (laughs) he's great i love him he looks like a goblin or something fantastic my name is blood you do not want to know me or what i am suffice it to say what is invisible to most is visible to me i know much but i'm allowed only to tell you these four things one your homecoming has finally set certain events in motion do not think you are to blame for them the sins of the father are heaped upon the son Two. To prevail in this, Bruce Wayne must die, and through death become himself. Three. Beware, dust come alive again, and four. To save Gotham City, you must cut out its heart. And then he jumps out the window. Like a big goblin man. Like a big <laughs> goblin man, yeah. He's all gross. He's all gross. And weird. He's weird. I love him. Good stuff. Afterwards, Alfred says Oliver Queen has invited them to dinner. Does he now? Yeah. Just two fucking millionaires. Yeah, well, I guess like out. he found out that he's back in town like, or whatever. Uh, my and he's my like, fellow uh. millionaire, the guy that I'm copying all my sh- I I fucking, I stole your whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just fucking, I'm just biting your style all up and down. So Bruce is like, yeah, get the kids something to wear. And he's like, and what do I do with the dead body? And he goes, put him down in the cave. You mean the wine cellar, sir? Don't romanticize <laughs> Alfred. It's uh, a cave. Uh, it's my bat cave. <laughs> Been a long time, Bruce. I'm just I just cribbed your whole your whole deal. Yeah. He's meeting with Oliver Queen at his fancy digs. So what brings you back? Run out of revolutions, insurrections, civil unrest? Don't tell me you're tired of sticking your nose in other people's business. What a dickhead. What a he shitty is, thing he, to say, he right? He is famously a dickhead. Yeah. Yes. But Tim hits back at him asking what he's done. Apparently he's just a big game hunter, right? Oliver points out this gorilla that almost killed him, but he says he always knew he would die in Gotham, mm. just like you, Bruce. Yeah, he's a dipshit. And then they have some like reminiscing, and you hear there's some name drops right where he's like, "Oh, Jimmy Gordon is the commissioner, whatever. He's the chief of police." And we also find out Harvey Dent is running for mayor. They talk about the coin flipping thing. I guess that's something that he always did. Mm. And they're like, "Yeah, he's using it as a symbol of his campaign." All right. Bruce asked about Langstrom. That's the what the dead body said, right? That was the name that it gave. And Queen says Langstrom is the Batman. He was one of us, old family, wealth and power, but he did bat research, and that was his thing, and so they called him the Batman. Mm. And Bruce Wayne is like, Batman? Hmm. Mm. What a concept. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> oh, man. He asked for Langstrom's address. And asked to stay the night. Like, he starts acting all weird. You know what I mean? He's like, what's this guy's address? Oh, and can we stay here? I don't know. Maybe that was the thing that rich people do. I don't know. It is absolutely 100%, actually. Because they have uh, these huge estates that have, like, 37 bedrooms. And so it's just kind of, like, 
I, as long as those places were like staffed up, right? Yeah, you could just kind of show up and expect to stay however long you wanted. Right, right. You could be there for what you know weeks at a time. It doesn't fucking matter. Right. You were expected as someone who was in charge of this estate to be a gracious host and welcome people to stay there for whenever and however long. I want to do that. Yeah. Hey, tell me what estates I can stay at. If you have an estate, I can come stay there. Just let me know, and I'll do it. <laughs> well, this was like, <laughs> this was like, you know, like British Scottish countryside. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, like old money, very old money. And the boys also notice that Bruce is acting weird. When they, is he not though? Honestly. I know, right? But they go, "You better go check on him." And so when he goes to go check on him, he finds his suitcase open and empty, and the windows open, and he's gone. Okay. He's doing some weird Batman stuff. I love this um, one panel where he's leaping yeah. across, and he's just like a shadowy figure. It's great. There's just so yeah. much movement in that. I just like that. I just like that. Yeah. So I, I wanted to talk about this, and we we can point it out more. But like, um, and I think I've mentioned this before. There's an art movement that I kind of was fascinated with when I was in high school mm. called the Mannerist School. The yeah. Mannerism. And mm-hmm. they would draw portraits of people, but they were, their proportions were all weird yeah. and kind of elongated and exaggerated. Sure. And you're looking at these pictures of these royal people that are having their... But they look weird. Yeah. And their heads look too big and their necks look too small. And it's like an um, uncanny valley type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this one guy that I really liked, Pontormo. Uh, if you look up some of his art, it's really interesting. Okay. But that's what I, I feel like I see that in Troy Nixie's art. You know, the, oh yeah, the, fun. The, the the facial expressions are kind of exaggerated, and the and the bodies are kind of elongated, and the proportions are a little bit weird, and they're a little off, and it's just like I don't know. I just feel like it adds to this whole weird 1920s. Everyone's yeah, gross and everyone's <laughs> odd. You know what I mean? It's I just love it. I don't know. Interesting. So he's out Batmaning around Gotham. We get some thought balloons. Batman thinks Queen knows more than what he's telling. And Langstrom, who killed him and who put him in Wayne Manor? And why am I the one wearing the bat suit, he thinks. I thought that was good. I liked that. Batman goes to Langstrom's apartment, and he finds the cops are there raiding his stuff. What the fuck? They're literally in there like, ah, one of these guys has dough stashed around here somewhere. Right. Batman just comes in the window. Gentlemen. That reminds me of year one, right? Doesn't he say that in year one? Something like that, when he, like, uh, you you feasted on Gotham for too long, and he closes the... uh the lid on the um yeah yeah on the serving tray or whatever so when <clears throat> when batman reveals himself the mad scientist lunatic turned himself into a giant bat one of them says he but, doesn't look like a bat he looks like a guy in a suit with a dracula cape yeah i don't, I never He's understand like, that where the people are like it was a giant bat he doesn't look like a bat at all if you just see the shadow though you might think that it's a giant bat plus they're in a scientist's this guy studied bats, and okay. they called him the Batman. Right. So anyway, I, I like know. I like people's reactions much more when they're like, "It's the bat," yeah, or whatever, where they they know that it's a guy in this costume, sure, and not like it was like a giant, like a bat monster or uh-huh. something. He doesn't look like a bat monster. He doesn't. He looks like a dude in a suit. I like how the guys are like, "He's turning himself into a giant bat. Better shoot the hell out of him." Yeah, <laughs> yeah shoot him. But Batman's got some tricks. He's got the smoke he's got bombs some, he's and He's got stuff tricks like that. and traps. Dirty cops, he yeah. says. Batman does some investigating around the apartment, and he finds that Langstrom had splinters under his nails mm. from pulling up the floorboards yeah. to hide something there. 
It's his notes. Wow. I love this page. I was about to say I love this page. This is great. It's a great yeah. page. I love the layout where it's got like the four little panels mm-hmm. and then the three and then the one at the bottom where he's just looking at it and yeah. he's like, hmm. He's looking at him. So cool. Super good. Really, really like good page. Yeah. And on the previous page, I feel like bright green smoke is a poison smoke. It's like oh, a poison gas. Maybe. I feel like knockout gas is purple. That should be purple. Okay. Or also used to obfuscate, like if you're trying to get away, like it's a, like it's a, you know, a smoke bomb where you're like disappear and you're right. like, I'm out of here, like to kind of throw. Maybe people he off. wants them to think it's poison, where they're like, ah, oh, sure, sure, and then it's really not, and he's like, I Ha-ha. just think that Batman would use purple smoke <laughs> in either scenario. Okay, he wouldn't have green smoke, would he? I don't know. I don't and know. Maybe in the twenties, that's all they had. That's all they had. They were like, "We got green smoke. We got gray smoke. Got that's green pretty and gray, much it." Yeah. <laughs> that's that's he, your option. Yeah. He's like, "Well, my costume's already pretty gray. I kind of wanted something that had some some contrast. I guess the green. They're gonna think it's poisonous smoke." Yeah. When the cops catch him, then he makes his getaway. Exactly. I love that page too, yeah. where they're like, "He ain't got no hands." See, because they just see the back. They just see the cape. And then when he jumps through you the window. You wouldn't say he ain't got no hands. You'd say he's got a big Dracula cape. Yeah. <laughs> on. Is that what he would say? They would think he's a big Dracula. Anyway, I thought this was super cool. It is cool. a very good I page. really like yeah. that. Yeah. It's a cool panel where he's leaping out the window. Get him, boys. Take him away, toys. Batman goes and crouches like a gargoyle somewhere. Sure cool. does. And reads the final statement of Kurt Langstrom. Yeah. Langstrom writes that others will think him mad, but bats speak to him. They tell him of a growing horror at the doorstep of reality, but the door isn't opened yet. Mm-hmm. The key to that door is a book, the Testament of Ghoul. You'll notice purple smoke is coming out of it. So oh. I guess I guess in this story, purple smoke is magic. I see. So I guess that's the language we're doing. Here. Langstrom gave the book to a guy named Manford and told him to destroy it, but he knows that he probably hasn't. The bats also tell him that there's a mystery woman looking for the book and she must not get it. Who called it that who this character was oh that it was talia raise your hands no i didn't um really I guess, okay. uh, yeah i didn't really know who she was supposed to be at first well yeah no i was like that's talia I, I guess it's obvious because they just mentioned the testament of ghoul yeah. or whatever but anyway i can't remember if i thought it was talia or not when i read it to be honest with you but it didn't surprise me that it was her no yeah i like how he's on top of these trees He's on top of this electricity pole. I love that. I thought yeah. that was a really cool page. It's very dangerous. Don't go up there. Yeah, but he's Batman. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he doesn't and give a he shit. And he taps into the phone line. I thought that was super cool, too. Yeah. Um, I love all the little sound effects in there and him putting like the thing on his head. and It's just awesome. I love that. I love his gadgets, you know, 1920s style I gadgets. I love 1920s style gadgets. You got to figure out, like, how can we make him have gadgets that are 1920s, you know? Figure and it's it like, out. it's great. He's got green smoke bombs. He's got a little thing to tap into the phone line, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I love it. I guess that's where that came from, where I was like, wait, when is this? But it's a fantastical, obviously, this is all magic and monsters yeah. and fucked up. Like, it's, you know, there's a demon and there's other worldly monsters and there's a guy running around dressed like a bat. So, like, yeah, he would have like weird gadgets, but I like like you said they made it look like yeah. it's old timey gadgets. So that's fun. Batman taps into the line and calls Manford, and he asks about the book, which angers him, and he mm. denies even having it. I'm mad, he says. He's lying, Batman says to himself, and he's watching Manford at the same time because he's a creepy little creep, yeah, also, creepy right? So he likes shirt. to watch people, also. So yeah. he's doing that too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but also Manfred has a sweet, like, Professor Vroom-style office. I was about to say that. He's got all the relics in there. He's got all the relics. 
Yeah, I was trying to see yeah. if there were any like cool Easter eggs in there. I was looking for like the Pazuzu or yeah, whatever, you know Pazuzu. what I mean? Um, <laughs> but anyway, pretty cool. I love all that little detail back there. Yeah. Manford. Uh, I love it when things were colors. Yeah, Look yeah. At these beautiful green file cabinets. What a gorgeous shade of green. Oh, yeah, okay. I miss when things were colors. That, Everything's fucking gray. Yeah, or just black or white or something like that. Sick yeah. of it. Bring back avocado green, sage green. Do it. Refrigerator and stove and, like, mustard yellow microwaves and fucking orange toasters or whatever the fuck. Let's do it. Bring it back. I don't want any of those. <laughs> <laughs> So we see that Manford does have the book, and he's like, I would destroy it if I could. Talk about that. So, like, um, wh why can't he destroy it? Because he's too weird. I don't know. It's like something, something would happen, or he's I don't too know. weird. Anyway, I thought that was an interesting line. Batman makes another call, and he tells Dick to go he's check compelled. on... compelled. The power of the creepiness is, oh, com I see. is okay. compelling him, or something. Batman makes another call... And he tells Dick to go check on Jason out at the boat. He's got his little wrist communicator there. Oh, yeah. Very cool. That's oh, I just fun. noticed that. That's another little gadget. That's fun. Good job. That's cool. That's some, like, Dick Tracy shit. It's yeah. like a little lightning talky bubble. Oh, yeah. It's like. That's fun. That's how you know it's coming out of the That's how you know it's coming out of there. Yeah. But I, I imagine it has, like, a tinny, like, staticky quality or oh, whatever. Absolutely. You know what I mean? like, absolutely. For sure. Over with Manford, he's confronted by the Lady Langstrom warned about, and she has this orange bottle she with her. She sure does. Talia, but it can't be you. No! And so since Batman's right there, because he was a creepy watching him, yeah. he hears it, and he runs over there to go check it out. I like this little, it's so little, it's at the very top left hand of this next page here. It's so little, but I just love how much movement yeah. is in that one little blob image like we talk about how Mignola does it so well yeah but this guy does it real well Nixie yeah, yeah he's Nixie. doing a good yeah. job it's like you see that it's his legs and yeah, the cape man. and all that stuff but yeah it's just a weird blob flowing through the sky we see Jason blood he's observing all this and he's like damn Batman you're about to get your ass beat should I intervene now because I can only do it once <laughs> and he's like ah oh, my sacrifice is called for then let it be done yeah he I knows, like her shoes. He knows what's about to happen, yeah, because Talia, she's got great shoes, but she's also got a demon in that little bottle. Well, <laughs> he's just a little guy. He's just like a little salamander worm he's like, thing. Yes, yes. <laughs> 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 These little panels. And so what the demon, he, uh, he goes into Manfred's ear. <laughs> yeah. So um, obviously more Hellboy references because when Strobel used his evil magic, they were yeah. salamanders. Which that's kind of reminded me of, but they were also. But were they like yeah? They were like yeah, yeah. but they were also <laughs> like um, there were demons in bottles. So in Box Full of Evil, yeah. there was a demon. There yeah. was a fly in a little bottle, and then I want to say in the Abe Sapien series, there was like a frog guy, mm. and he was in a bottle, and then he came out, and then he was like, "Now I'm gonna be in." I think he was even in Devil, you know. Anyway, there was some frog he demon. Was in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we get this really striking splash page. I love this, right? On one side, we have Batman doing his classic, I'm going to jump in through the skylight or yeah. whatever thing. And then on the, on the other side, we have Manford turning into this uh, fire demon or whatever. Yeah. She calls it Daitya. Yeah. I like how she, when she sees him, she goes, what is this, a man in a costume? To what purpose? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Talia. The only 
bitch with sense in this whole <laughs> fucking book. She didn't say it's a bat. It's a bat creature. What is this? A man in a costume? To She's what like, purpose? Break, break this fool to pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Break this fool to pieces. Amazing. Yeah. She is it. The original, bitch. So I had to look this up. Daitya. So in Hindu religion, Daityas are a type of Asura. Cool. Which is a demon, uh, essentially, but not really. You know? This one's called Daitya, but it's not really like, usually that's not a name of something. It's like a class of something. Does that make sense? Well, maybe anyway. she's saying it like that, like a, like, a, like, like a, soldier. Yeah, like soldier. You would, there you, you go. You would address a soldier. You would be like, soldier, go do this. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Sure, yeah. The demon goes after Batman, but Etrigan intervenes. Yeah, and he's a wiggly, weird goblin. He's a wiggly, weird <laughs> goblin. I love him. And he laughs as he fights the flaming monster, which I like. Yeah. When the Daicha is holding Batman up like that, and he goes, Etrigan, like, I love that shot, too. Cool. You really get the sense that, like, Batman's just a dude in a He's costume. Just a He's dude just in a, a man, costume. you know He's what I mean? He's just a man. <laughs> He's got little pouches for his objects he's got knee pads like sewed on there and stuff like that i think they showed him in another panel i like that well you want that yeah you do need that yeah you need that when you're crouching on a building like a gargoyle you're like ah my knees in the face (laughs) (laughs) so i love all this the action is really fun it's all weird you know like i was saying the proportions and everything and i don't know i just really think it's kind of stylized and just fun etrigan's design is fucking great yeah. I'm loving it. I like oh, yeah. it. Batman goes after Talia. He pulls his classic Batman gun on her. <laughs> yeah, you know, Batman's gun. <laughs> his famous gun that he always has. She says the gun will have little effect on her and no effect on her companion. It's a frog monster. It is it a is frog totally monster. It is totally a fucking frog monster. Literally. Son of a, Hellboy says. I mean, Batman. Because this is like, the, <laughs> yeah, this is totally a Hellboy scene it right here. You know is. what I mean? Like, I'm like, we're reading a Hellboy comic right now. For sure. Yeah, so Batman gets trounced by this frog monster. I mean, it just like, yeah, he's no match for it. I no. like that because like uh, the Batman that we know would flip around and Mm-mm. get a couple kicks in yeah. and then go, oh, I'm, I'm not even making a dent, you know. Yeah. But this one just gets knocked he's the just fuck immediately. out, <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, so we're it talking- gets this shit absolutely fucking rocked <laughs> immediately down. So. Like we were talking about, it's all weird versions of everything. So this is like the weird, gross killer croc, right? Yeah. yeah. This frog monster yeah. thing. Talia calls it off. Do not kill him. I changed my mind. And so they drop him down in the sewer. <laughs> I thought that, that kind of made me laugh. They open the door. They just throw his body down there. <laughs> not even aiming for the boat. Just hoping no, it would yeah. get there. Right. So yeah, so they get down into this boat and they go through the sewer. This reminded me of the Lobster Johnson series where they go down in the boat in the sewer and they have their whole hideout down there and secret stuff. And so uh, they take Batman and Talia sends the frog monster on its own task. He's going to get someone. He will. He's going to fucking get them. Over at Gotham Harbor, the guy Grendon, he's like the weird, gross Mm. version of Mr. Freeze. He really is. The thing is coming, he says. It sure is, buddy. And we see that the Wayne ship has completely frozen over. Oh, yeah. There's even a bunch of onlookers, including Gordon and Harvey Dent. Well, that's a thing you don't see every day. Yeah. Might be something wrong with their plumbing or something. <laughs> you got to get that transatlantic accent, see? <laughs> so Gordon and Harvey Dent are there. They talk about how Bruce is back in town. And Oliver Queen shows up with Dick Grayson and Tim. Boys are back in town. They're all back Boys in town. back in town. 
Dick is determined to get on the boat. I like how um, Chief Gordon is like, well, look who it is. Useless millionaire Oliver Queen. Yeah. <laughs> that about sums him up, doesn't it? Like when he's like, uh, yeah, we got here. Here are the boys, and that's Dick Grayson, and he's got a fucking gun. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, yeah. "Look at you, little Dicky Grayson, all grown up. Life at sea has made a man of you." Eh? And he's like, "Sir, excuse me, but I got to get the fuck yeah. out of here. Get out of my fucking way. I have a gun." Dick is going over to the ship, but also the frog monster is going there too. Yeah, I like how uh, when Dick's heading to the boat, he's like nosy cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Dick boards the ship, he finds Jason dead. So Jason Todd always dies of something, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he just froze there. Yeah. Like, so it must have happened yeah. quick, Instantly, right? Instantly, yeah. Like a flash freeze. Grendon says at least it was quick for him. Jack Frost be quick. It will be different for the rest of us. Tell him about it in hell, Mr. Freeze. Oh, see, there you go. And just then, the frog monster crashes through, and he tears up Dick Grayson. Yeah, clever girl. So then later... They send a ship out there. Chief Gordon and the cops discover all the carnage. And Tim's there, too, so he sees it. Yeah. They ask him where Bruce is. I think he went out the window at Mr. Queen's place. Now I guess he could be anywhere, Tim says. <laughs> <laughs> and we cut to where he is. He's somewhere under Gotham City. He's all tied up. Yeah. A dead lunatic, an evil book, a pair of demons, a giant lizard man. What next? And uh, it's Talia. She's doing evil spells. She's doing a bunch of wizard spells. Yeah, talk about some classic Mignola chanting. Oh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, right. she, she's summoning Ayog Satha. Mm -hmm. He's the lurker on the threshold that they talked about earlier. Lady, what are you doing? With humility, I beg and implore thee, Master. Consecrate this circle through thy power. Through thee, Iog Sotha Arma, forever and ever. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Preparing to restore <laughs> life to the ashes of my father. Yeah? Well, don't do it. <laughs> and unchain me right now. Stay, mind your business. <laughs> Stay out of women's business, John. No. I like when he's like, well, don't do it. Well, don't do it. And then chain me right now. Yeah, yeah, it's good shit, man. This is some of the best dialogue ever. No, it's great. So Talia, uh, she tells... Heaven forbid women have a fucking hobby. <laughs> so Talia tells Raj al Ghul's backstory. He found an ancient city. Do you say Raish or Raz? I just said it. I know, but I'm just... This is a general question now. I'm asking other people now, John. Aubrey. I'm asking Aubrey. Honestly, I, I think I usually say Raz Ra Ra al Ghul or Raz al Ghul. I like Raz. Oh, no. I like, I like Raz al Ghul. That's good. So we get his backstory. He found an ancient city with remains of serpent men. I love this, okay. right? So, like, there's a race of serpent men. Again, like, love it. you know, the shades of what's going on in the Hellboy universe. You know, you've mm -hmm. got, like, lizard men or whatever. Yeah. Great sorcerers and scientists of the old world. They told him the universe's secrets. Um, so, like... He gets all the secrets of the universe from these, like, corpses, which I think is super cool. Like, the corpses are there, and they're telling him stuff, and he's writing it down. That's how he makes the Testament of Ghoul. They were like, Mike Mignola, do do Batman. And he was like, no, nah, I'm going to do Hellboy. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do Hellboy again. Hellboy. <laughs> because uh, it reminds me of the true secret history of the world, right? The yeah. Golden Tablets. Yep. Absolutely. And all yeah, that kind of stuff, it. right? Yeah. So, And we love it, don't we? We love it, we yeah, love it, we don't do. We love it, don't we, boys? It's great. It was a good decision that he made to make Batman Hellboy. We love this. After one year, Raj al Ghul returned to the world, but he was torn apart in broad daylight by an invisible creature. Cool. Talia inherited his ashes and the book. 
and she used the book to learn how to capture a djinn and cheat death. That's pretty fucking dope. But eventually she died and waited in her sarcophagus until she heard her father's voice, and then she returned to life. She still had the ashes nearby, but the book was gone. Now she has to get it back. So now we're caught up on all that, cool. right? Um, the art is really amazing yeah, too. So I love good. like I love the remains of these serpent men, these mummies, and all that stuff. Yeah, I love all the oh, I, love, yeah. I love all the good. the big mummy treasure room and when Talia's doing magics and all kinds of stuff. The container that they keep Rajal Ghul's ashes in—it's got like a little skull lid and yeah, stuff like that. It's super yeah, cool. It does. I love all that. Just then, the Daitya returns. He's defeated Etrigan and trapped him in the little bottle. Oh, man. We can see his kind of his face in there and yeah. stuff. And so she sends him back to hell and completes the ceremony to summon her father. And he comes up like Rasputin from the Hellboy comics. <laughs> he sure fucking does. You're right. He does. He's got the beard and everything. Yeah. I'm loving it. It's great. The colors are incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I love this page, too. I love this shot of Batman just watching all this happen. Yeah. He can't do anything. Like, no. the whole time he's like, don't do it, lady. But he can't, like... He, don't do it. You know, the, our Batman would, like, I don't know, something would come uh -huh. out of his his boots. And... He'd be too clever for <laughs> yeah, any of this. Yeah, he'd be too clever but for any of this. he's just watching. I let, and his best, his best plan was, don't, maybe don't. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> let me yell at you and uh, see if you'll stop. I don't like it. <laughs> Ra's al Ghul notices Batman there. Who has already escaped? So this, I guess, it just took him a long time. Well, he's got a little thing hidden away, like he's we were talking thing, about. Yeah. So he is clever, but he just he like it takes longer because it's analog. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's got to do it the old-fashioned way. There's but, not like a little laser or whatever. But it's too late because Ra's al Ghul does his evil magic thing to bring about the last plague. Okay. It's lizard time. Woohoo! I love lizard time. I love lizard time. <laughs> I love it. Look at all these guys. They're great. They were masters of the world once, so let them have their day. Mm-hmm. Look at these guys. I love this one. It's just like, guk, guk. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, this is my favorite you, one. You hear the yeah. sound, right? And yeah. stuff like that. But God, these lizards are so well rendered. They really are. Um, it's really oh, fun. They're, they're little cutie pies. I know. I thought it was kind of cute. And <laughs> they're, they're just kind of like, they're just kind of hanging out. They're like, hey, guys. But they're all hissing at Batman, and he's like, no. <laughs> X-tree, X-tree. Gotham City, knee-deep in reptiles. <laughs> And so we see the lizards everywhere. So I'd be I, having such a good day. I know. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, look at this. Look at these guys. On the second splash page, we get these awesome splash pages of the lizards like overtaking everything. So much green, so much, uh, so many shades of green on here. Yeah. But this uh, top corner panel on the second splash page where they're like, this is Judgment Day. Mm. Like those lizards are just hanging out. They're, just, like, they're, they're literally <laughs> just hanging out being they're, they're cute little guys. They're, yeah, they're just having fun. They're just like chilling or whatever. I don't know. It just it kind of made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> this one lady that she's like, somebody help me, and she's got the three on her head. Like I was thinking, they're like Bud Weiser. <laughs> Remember that? I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking if I, were, the, were those lizards or were they frogs? They were frogs, but it doesn't uh, matter. These lizards can do it. When she was like, "Help me, somebody help me find some delicious treats for my pet lizards." <laughs> I ran out of delicious treats. Does for anyone them. have any treats for them? Yeah, they deserve some. They're babies. They're just babies. I need flies. Stat. Yeah, I need some mealworms. Yeah. So uh, all this coincides with they're listening to Harvey Dent campaigning for mayor, and he vows to restore the city. He's just cramming as many characters as he possibly can from this rogues gallery, and I love it. Well, yeah, okay, so I was going to kind of save this for the end. We can come back around to this idea, but, like, this reminds me of, like, 
Batman Hush or The Long mm-hmm. Halloween mm-hmm. or something like that, where they're like, we're just going to put everybody gonna in there. Fucking put them in. We're going to put as many. In. But it's like a lot of them are one and done Love too. It. Like Love they're it. just in there for a little bit, and it's like that's this universe's version of the Penguin. Fuck it, chuck him in. He's a naked guy yeah. in the ice, and that's it. And that's all that we learn about him. And well, we're about to come across one of my faves. Yes, it's going to be great. On the next page. Uh, the news covers the mayoral election. Remember when things were beautiful? Look at this fucking radio. Oh, I love that, right? Yeah, man. They're all listening to the broadcast. Remember when stuff had, like, aesthetic? Awesome. In the Batcave, the corpse of Langstrom says doom. Ooh. And Oliver Queen is with Tim Drake. He wishes Harvey good luck. They're like, well, they're they're picking us all off here. Yeah. So uh, not Under- feeling great about my odds, if I'm honest. <laughs> not feeling good about it. Under Gotham in the sewers... Rajah Ghul meets with the weird Mr. Freeze guy, Grendon. Since Mr. Freeze was chiseling out that Cthulhu monster, Yib Nagaroth. Yeah. You like that? That's a good monster yeah, name. Yeah, sure. Rajah Ghul says that he has the key to prepare the way. But the weird Mr. Freeze says he doesn't have a key. And Raz says the key was planted in him. So the frog monster comes up and rips open his refrigeration suit. <laughs> and he melts into a little goo. And, and Raz has his weird little plant. And so he puts the plant... And the the goo it Hell gets yeah. it gets the Mister Freeze melty goo and it starts to turn into a gross mass of tentacles. Awesome. Yeah, this is pretty messed up. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Yep. Like, yeah, it's a weird version of Mister Freeze, but like he's there then, for two but, pages. But then he's dead, you yeah. know. And then like that's kind of it. And like that was it. That was this universe's version of that, which is kind of neat. Cool. Like it's kind of like you wouldn't be this ever living thing. You would get these horrible ailments and you would be alive for a little bit and you would be. Yeah. tortured and <laughs> and miserable and then you die yeah <laughs> and that's really what happened that's really what would happen anyway talia helps find the door to be unlocked we hear a news broadcast saying harvey dent has won the election and right when the mass is forming it hears all this and it chooses its path towards dent so this is like the poison ivy right Yes. Oh, right. Yeah. So this is, and again, it's just like some weird mass of tentacles that got Mr. Freeze goo on it. We're and about now. to come up to a page, and I'm excited for it. Who would dare stand against me now? This is a very cartoony. Where he pops out. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's the reptiles pop out first, right? Well, the the uh, the movement of the um, manhole cover. The, yeah, it, it, like pops up, and the those lizards come flying out, and then you just see his hand. Yeah. And then he crawls out all disheveled. Right. It's a very like. Tex Avery. I like this. Yeah. It was good. Uh, yeah. It's good. Batman. He's having quite a day. Yeah, he is. Look at him. He climbs the clock tower like a gargoyle again. Yeah, he does. And it's the same one from the flashback earlier where he was swarmed by bats after his parents' death. We see more of the flashback. Not only was he swarmed by bats, but he saw someone hanging by the neck in there, too. When the bells go off, the bats swarm him. So that's like triple traumatic, right? You know what I mean? You just right. saw your parents get killed. You see someone that just killed themselves, and then you get swarmed by bats. But this guy is saying the thing is coming, and then the bats carry him out the window. Yes. So, you know, none of that actually happened. And Bruce has a vision. Yeah. He sees the thing. Yeah. It's coming. It will destroy the world. The only thing that can stop it is you. Okay, Hellboy. Yes. Um, (laughs) But I like this idea because, like, you know... um, in the Batman versus Superman, you know, like there's a there's a shot where the bats lift him up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's just like a dream or whatever. Yeah. But I like this version of it where it's like it's this weird Cthulhu hallucination. Yes. You know, Watchmen end of the world thing or whatever it's that a, he sees. It's a vision. I like the hyper perspective 
of this little boy looking up at this massive building. It's very yeah that kind of oh yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it's you know it's very effective. I like this idea too that you know earlier he was like this has been 20 years in the making and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So like he his parents died. He saw this like Cthulhu monster that's gonna kill everybody. Yeah. And then he was like, let me go travel the world for 20 years, and now I'm back to fulfill whatever this is or whatever uh-huh. i kind of like this version of like the batman story it's kind of like a weird twist on it you know it's excellent oh yeah we see batman in front of the same church i was alive what am i now just batman just batman that's cool x3 x3 harvey dent wins by a landslide <laughs> so people are optimistic about harvey being mayor he goes out to the car in the morning he's approached by this woman and she comes over and she's like Oh, I just want to congratulate you. But she touches his hand Mm. and she gives him the itchy itch. Mm. He's immediately like scritching at it. Over at the penthouse of Oliver Queen, Tim Drake wakes up and he walks around. He's looking at all the weird taxidermy and he finds Queen. He's worshiping in front of St. Sebastian. Oh, man. I didn't know if you were going to know what this was. Like I was so psyched to tell you what this was. Well, of course I know who St. Sebastian is because... We talked about him extensively in the Hellboy comics with Abe Sapien, the Drowning. <laughs> that whole story revolved around St. Sebastian. But go ahead. Did you have something? No, no, no. Go, you, you go ahead. He was an early Christian saint and martyr. He was initially tied to a post or a tree and shot with arrows, though this did not kill him. He was, according to tradition, rescued and healed by St. Irene of Rome, which became a popular subject in the 17th century painting. And he is the patron saint of being sexy, the sexiest of all saints. Mm. Every painting you see of him is a little bit too (laughs) sexy. This particular one is uh, Botticelli. Oh, okay. Good job there. Yeah. So Oliver Queen is in his knight's armor. He's dressed like a knight's templar. Yeah. Oh, nice. He sure is. Good job there, Aubrey. Why does he have this Botticelli painting? It makes me fucking mad. Well, because he's rich, right? he's rich. What an asshole. He tells St. Sebastian, thank you for the vision to recognize the evil that is coming. So he knows about it, too. Well, and you were talking about creepy, gross versions of people. This is a creepy-ass version of Oliver Queen. Yeah, there you go. Why is he dressed like a Knight Templar? Yeah. Queen tells Tim that he's been preparing himself for battle. That's why he's been fighting all those beasts. He has the arrowheads that St. Sebastian was shot with, and he's been saving them to fight the ancient evil that is coming for him. That's kind of fucking cool. That's a little bit fucking cool. Yeah, it is. To have, it's like it's like having the, whatever, people talk about the Spear of Destiny or whatever, but, you know, Green yeah. Arrow, he's obsessed with fucking arrows and yeah. weird arrows. Of course he would collect, he's a fucking rich maniac. That's great, He yeah. would collect weird arrows. That's awesome. You know, that's fucking cool. Queen says that evil is drawn to him because of his father's sins. Okay. So we see that woman that gave Harvey Dent the itchy itch, and she's she's a plant lady. She's poison ivy. This page, the is progression, so right? So fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And again, I have to reiterate: Elseworld stories are for people who have the fucking balls to do characters right. Yeah. And no one had the fucking balls to do a weird horrifying gross poison ivy but this is fucking cool yeah she comes out of the clothes i like how it yeah, leaves man. the clothes behind she it's turns, like yeah. i don't need this anymore she turns entirely into a mass of plants she's not a super sexy lady that's covered in plants she's a weird yeah fucking mass of plant monster that can disguise herself as a sexy lady this is fucking awesome yeah. and she can become like this man anyway Thank you for having the balls to do this. 
the tendrils of plants come crashing through the window. I love this because he's like, I am God's chosen instrument and I'll destroy it. And then it's like, you're Shut not the fish. one. No, yeah. It just kills him immediately. Just it just like, like breaks his neck. Taken out instantaneously. All uh, right. Ah, uh, jeez, Tim Drake says. Uh, I like that that's his reaction. Yeah, ah, uh, jeez. Ah, jeez. Ah, jeez. Tim picks up Queen's sword and he tries to battle it, but the plant tendrils take him over. No, you are fucked. Batman rushes in to try to save Tim. He pulls a log from the fire with his bare hands, Mm -hmm. and he pushes it into the plant monster. Deal with me, he says. He would. And he burns it. Yeah, he would do that. The colors are amazing on that. And again, it's like, it's just weird. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's creebledy craggledy. It's creebledy craggledy. I love that. It's crabbledy. Even when, like, Tim Drake is like, yay, you saved me. He looks all creepy mm-hmm. and weird. <laughs> well, and on the next page, I like you've almost you've almost got this like fucked up looking like uh, what does that remind me of? Like Frank Millerish, yeah, sort of fucking the his face and the teeth and everything, yeah. and it's all yeah. That's an amazing page. He's like, I will burn myself alive. I don't give a fuck. Batman checks in with Tim, who is relieved to see him. He says he thought he was dead. Batman finishes. I should be a hundred times over. Instead. I am what I am, whatever that is. When I was your age, I was chosen to fight this thing. I've waited 20 years for it, and I'm turning into what I need to be. And so we see his hands are all gray where the fire burned away his gloves. I love him in front of the St. Sebastian Mm -hmm. painting, too. That's really cool framing on that. It's real good. So Tim explains that Queen thought he was the chosen one, and he gives Batman the magic arrows. Over at the Gotham City doctor's office... Harvey Dent has the itchy itch really bad. Man. This was nightmarish to me. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that it would just take over your whole body like this. Like this body horror stuff. Like, you know, usually uh, Harvey Dent is like, um, I burned half my body or something like that. Or it was deformed somehow. But this is like, like my, like I'm mutating or whatever. And it starts with like a rash and then it turns into something more gross. Well, it's magical. Yeah. Which is fucked. Yeah. But anyway, the doctor is like, ah. It's just stress. Try to relax and don't scratch it. That's like the worst advice. Fuck you. That's like some 1920s doctor's advice. Right? That is some current doctor's right. advice. Current doctors will say this to you. Fuck. Underground, Ra's al Ghul can sense all of this and he's like, ah, the key is fitted to the lock. So they did what they needed to do to Harvey Dent or whatever, right? Mm. Um, the key turns and the door opens. So we cut back over to Harvey Dent at home. He's there flipping his coin. I like this scene because you get a sense of him just sitting at home, whatever. And then when we reveal, you know, that it's yeah. all like Akira style, like yeah. deforming him on that side of his body. He's just like, kill me. It's so horrifying. He tells Talia to kill him, but she says he has a little more to do. Inside of you is the future history of man, she says. Uh, he's begging her, too. He's yeah. like, please, please kill me. Right. At, at the Gotham Cemetery... They bury Dick Grayson and Jason Todd. Mm. Batman does like a Ninja Turtles type of disguise where he's got like a <laughs> trench sure coat hat over the, over the costume, which All I think. Right. Is, and even like Tim Drake and Alfred are like, we got to get him out of here. He looks like a maniac. <laughs> he looks like a walking corpse in a trench coat and yeah. hat in a Batman suit. It's it's weird. Not so fast. Bruce Gordon interrupts. They think he's going to start some shit, but Gordon is like, I don't know what's going on here and I don't want to know. But he's brought his daughter Barbara with him. Since her accident, she's been a little nuts, Gordon says. Mm. She sees dead people. 
spiritualism, Father Barbara says, and so we reveal her as well, right? So she's in the wheelchair, and but she's got like the um, a device, yeah, like a speaker attached to her, you know, where she's speaking that way. Barbara tells Batman that there are two spirits near him. One is wrapped in bats. The other man is in flames. The bat one thanks him for taking on the burden. Barbara says Batman should make his peace with the spirit in his own house. And the flame man says he will meet Batman tonight in the courthouse. And he's like, okay. There you go, Bruce. Good luck with that. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. Good luck with that. Amazing. Over at Wayne Manor, we get a really, I love this. This was like one of the creepiest scenes I thought. It's real creepy. Because they're like, Mr. Wayne, what are you doing down there? And he's down there whispering to the dead body. He's whispering to a corpse. That's fucking weird, right? It's just like. It's weird. I love this weird scene. I was just like, man, this is bizarre. Well, he's all fucked up looking, too. Yeah. The colors are really great. Yeah, the colors are great. We cut over to the old Gotham courthouse, and Barbara is there. She's singing a tune from her voice box. What a lovely, lovely what voice. What a lovely, lovely voice. What a lovely, lovely voice. Once I had a wonderful singing voice, she says, it was a small price to pay to give voice to the dead. So that's one thing I thought was interesting is, like, she's fine with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, she's, like, yeah. disabled in all these ways, but she's like, this is still pretty cool. I get to do, like, some weird stuff. Barbara surrenders herself to the spirit. She's like Johan from the Hellboy comics, oh, right? Man. And through her, the ghost of Manford manifests to give us all the exposition. I like this. Uh, it's kind of like that ectoplasm effect or whatever. Yeah. Uh, we learned that a long time ago, they all came from England to the New World in America. Himself and the fathers of Langstrom, Queen, and Wayne, they wanted Gotham to become the jewel of the colonies, so they made a deal with the devil himself. This guy, Ludwig Prynne. How original. I know, right? How original. Make a deal with the devil. Ooh. Um, Ludwig Prynne. So he's the devil guy. He's a grotesque man from Brussels. I'm the devil, he says. Prynne led the men into the woods to a weird stone and did some evil magics and opened up a passage into the earth. And when they went down there, they found an old dead city for reptile men that once ruled the earth. I love all that. Cool. That is so cool. Prin knew about this from the Testament of Ghoul. He's the one that stole it. Yes. Right? After all their awful ceremonies, they felt guilty about what they did. So they turned against Prin and beat the shit out of him and left him there. And they closed the hole over him. And then they built Gotham City over that eventually. You know what, what I mean? What a good so, idea. What a good idea. Yeah. So it's over the remains of a devil that they beat up after betraying him and then also a dead city of lizard men. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong? I don't see anything wrong with that plan. I love this uh, this version of Gotham City. It's you like another idiots. It's like another character in the comic. It's like another character in the story, John. <laughs> All the men became rich and powerful. They outlived their families because of their power. But those years weighed on them. Barty Langstrom started to see visions of the lurker on the threshold, and so he took his own life. That was the man that Bruce saw mm. hanging in the in the bell tower. Yeah. Right. Kurt Langstrom's body was left in Wayne Manor as a warning. Batman asked what happened to Prynne after they closed the hole over him. Well, he became the frog monster, killer croc, weird, gross guy. He sure did. Now he serves Rajal Ghoul. He killed Langstrom and Dick Grayson. So we missed this part. Where he was left to wander alone in the dark, eating fungi, drinking from foul pools. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do that. Those are some fantastic creepy panels yeah. right there. That face is like, Bleh. Yeah. So since the men did not age, they passed themselves off as their own kin, taking new wives. 
but eventually Wayne and Queen wanted to have real families, and Oliver Queen and Bruce Wayne were born. Henry Queen eventually went mad like Marty Langstrom. He was the old vagrant that killed Thomas and Martha Wayne. Remember earlier he said, the thing is coming and I'll see you in hell for it, right? So that's why he did that. Oliver Queen learned that his dad was the vagrant and went to go talk to him, and he learned some of the backstory, but not all, and that's why he thought he was the chosen one. He tested himself against all these animals. Being a big game hunter, he was preparing himself for the final battle. It didn't help him very much. He should have fought more plant monsters. Yeah. Right? <laughs> she is just Johan. It's, yeah, mean, it's really good. It's really good. The ghost of Manfred tells Batman to find Roz and stop him before he calls the thing, and the spirit goes back into Barbara. Where is he, Batman asks. There's this boom, There's and a like big the, boom. the floor opens up. Where it began. The, all the smoke goes back into her, whatever, the yeah. ectoplasm or whatever, anyway. Pretty cool. I like all of it. And Batman's like, all right, all right then. then. He looks all fucked up. All He's right, got the, then. Do we see Batman with a bow and arrow on? I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it's pretty good. I can't remember that. I was wondering that myself. I think like when Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, was that the team that was on the book? They did that yeah. year zero. I think he had a bow and arrow in that. Okay. Anyway, I could be wrong. Or no, maybe it was a crossbow. Anyway. So Batman goes down there. Oh, I love this when he goes into like the lizard thing. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, it's so cool. There's the lizard statues back there, but then one of them is the monster. I love that. That's right? great. So you would see like that the never statues, gets old. and then one of them would move or something. That never anyway, gets old. The colors are great. Fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, but um, eventually he punches the frog monster into the wall, and it like hits the wall and causes all this stuff to fall on top of it, crushing mm-hmm. it. Right. So initially he got trounced by it, but now he beat it, but I think we're going to figure out why, mm. you know, why this is happening. Because he's, he's more powerful now than he was. Yeah. Batman approaches a dark area, and he thinks he sees Roz, but it's actually Harvey Dent flipping his coin. Ah, Jesus, Harvey. Hey, Bruce, how do I look? Not too good. Yeah, poison ivy, I'm told. Stress-related. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's great, man. I mean... So little, you know what I mean, is said, but gosh, the art and I don't know. You really feel bad for Harvey Dent here. Really bad. He's just a guy that was running for mayor in this version. You know what I mean? Like, So again, it's very interesting, this version. And it's just like a sad, gross man. You know, it's just like, ah. Yeah, man. So his body has morphed into this like Akira type gross portal. Yeah. And now there's a portal so they like they walk inside him. Uh, you well, know? it's inside of the yeah. portal. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I forgot to say this part where um he catches the coin or what? Yeah, when Batman's yeah. going in there. I was gonna say, are we going to mention that he catches Harvey Dent's coin? And d- does he flip it to him? Yeah, he flips it to him. Cuz he's like, "Take care of yourself, Bruce." And he's we'll like tearing Harvey. up and he's yeah. like, "I'll see you soon." And he's and just left there. Then I will kill you. Because that is the merciful thing to do. I know. Man. Yeah. Inside, Batman finds some weird ceremony going on. Ra's al Ghul is calling forth the lurker on the threshold, Ayog Sothan. Fucking awful. He's got two guards watching over, and when they see Batman, they turn into werewolves. They turn into some werewolves. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's great. I was happy to see some werewolves. Yeah. But they're immediately yeah. taken out as well, because Batman has the magic he's got arrows. magic arrows. It turns werewolves into skeletons. I love Batman with a bow and arrow. Yeah, man. Let's see more of that. Yeah, yeah. He looks great. Looks great. But you can't do that because then people are like, well, what do we? What do we need a green arrow for? I know, right? I guess you're him. right. Yeah. 
He's no, gotta, it looks great though. He can't be the, he can't be very good. I guess he's got to <laughs> miss sometimes. Well, I like when he's posing here at the top yeah. of this next page, man. It looks great. Um, Batman has one arrow left, and he approaches Ra's al Ghul. But Roz tells Batman to look at the thing beyond his comprehension. Look and go mad. Yeah. And so he sees he's the Ayag like, Satha, like, the lurker on the threshold. Behold, you dumb bitch. And Batman's like, this old thing, I see it every time I close my eyes. And Roz al Ghul is like, what? What? <laughs> what? It's like, yeah, no, I know all about it. It's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. He takes his shot, but... Ra's al Ghul blocks the arrow with the Testament of Ghul book. The arrow goes through it with the tip sticking out the other side. Batman and Ra's al Ghul go at it. Ra's is starting to get transformed by the power of Ayag Satha. Mm. He starts to turn into like a big old gross monster. And he uses his power to destroy Batman. But it doesn't work. No, impossible. You still live? Live? Yes. Human? No more. I've shed that skin. Now, finally, I am what I am. He's an actual batted man. He's a batted man. He's a he's a big he bat really monster. Is. Yeah, so I thought this was interesting, right? Because they called Kurt Langstrom Batman. Yeah. Because he researched bats. Yeah. And But in the comic, Kurt Langstrom is man bat. Yeah. But, but in, he's man bat. But he's Batman man, is man bat. But he's man bat. He's man bat. Anyway. Yeah. What do you think about that? I love it. He's an actual gross bat, dude. I love it, John. So I that's, that was a nice twist. Yeah, that's why his hands were turning gray or whatever, and that's why he was able to fight the frog monster this time. Right. He's like mutating under there. He's strunk. That's why at the grave he wore the costume over the trench coat because he can't take the costume no, off. He can't take he's it a off. bat under there. He's all weird. He's all weird and gross. Um, and they have a big old monster fight. They're pretty evenly matched. Talia tries to tip the scales and goes for the book. But she's swallowed up by Ayag Satha. Well, and but she can't touch the book because it's been profaned by oh, the magical right. arrow. By the arrow, right. Yeah. Yeah. In the middle of the monster battle, Batman goes for the book. With the arrowhead sticking out of it, he stabs Roz through the arrow and the book. With St. Sebastian's arrow, I will fix it to your heart, he right says. Using a, using a holy Christian relic to defeat a monster? Who's that sound like? I don't know. I don't know. It's never been done. <laughs> so Talia and Roz are destroyed, but that leaves the giant Cthulhu monster freaking out. We see the little bottle that Talia used to capture Etrigan. It breaks open, releasing him once again. Aha! He's looking better than he did before he went into oh. the bottle. He's looking great. Yeah. He looks great. Here is Etrigan, free again. Bruce Wayne, you have done well, and it cost you. Yes. But I promised that you would see me in my glory if you lived. Look. Ayogsatha, look at me. Look at me. He Here says. is Etrigan. A piece of the wrath of the elder gods left on earth to ward against thee. Now back to thy prison. So Etrigan. Get out of here. Until the end of time. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, so Etrigan's he takes out the big old monster. You're fucking banished. Bruce Wayne, all debts are paid, and you have paid the most. Do not look for rewards in this life. But in the next. Uh, and so in the explosion, he gets away. You know, Man Bat survives. I guess he comes out of the other side of the portal and he sees Harvey there. He's all burning up and he's uh, like, Is Bruce, is everything all right, Bruce? And he's like, Yes, well, Harvey. This little panel where he says, Is everything all right now, Bruce? Uh, made me feel so bad for him. Yes, Harvey. Yeah. Good. Look after my city, he says as he like turns into a skeleton. Jeez. Boom. We see the sewer erupt with flame. 
And we get those lines from Etrigan earlier, right? To save Gotham City, you must cut out its heart. The whole city burns down. But it's all built on all this horrible stuff. You and know what I mean? So move. it had to happen. Uh, so we cut to six months later, and now it's being rebuilt. We get to Wayne Manor, and Tim Drake is there, and he's like, ah, we're going to do all this cool stuff now. We're going to fund the Gotham Rebuilding Program and dedicate the effort to Harvey Dent. This will be a new Gotham City. And they're like, where is Bruce Wayne? And he's like, well, he was injured. Well, he's a big bat creature now. Yeah. He's withdrawn from public life because he was injured in the fire. He eats mostly fruit and insects. He will be watching over all of us. And should Gotham City ever need him, he will be there. And then we cut to the man bat watching over this from some some gargoyle place. Yeah, he's chilling. And God help you all if you ever again have need of me. Because I'll, I'll be eating fruit and small insects. Yes. So when um, Tim's like, you know, you know, and should Gotham City ever need him, he will be there. The music from the end of the Dark Knight ran through my head. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Not the bat creature that we need, but the one we deserve. There you go. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but I thought this was super cool. I mean, it's just like, again, it's like, let's just do our version of yeah. what all the Batman stuff is. Let's and just do Hellboy Batman. And let's do yeah, it. let's just do Hellboy Batman. And some characters are just going to die right away, you yeah, know? Man. And like Dick Grayson's dead yeah. and Jason Todd is Kill dead. Him. Yeah. And like Killer Croc is, he's a devil. Mm-hmm. Cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that. I love it. Oh, it was really good. Yeah. I really want to check out the animated uh, movie as well and see, like, I wonder how they adapted all this or if they took it oh, all sure. straight from the yeah. book. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. and um, I don't know if we didn't talk about the covers, you know, so we have these awesome Mignola covers. Um, the second one has all the the lizards, reptile Ooh. time. I really like that. Yeah, they're cute. Yeah, really awesome. Mignola these... really went ham on these. Yeah, I was kind of irritated because I have this uh, DC World of Mignola book, and I thought that this was in there. And it's not. It's not in there? They just have the covers in there. What the They don't fuck? have the story. And I was like, but it's written by but Mignola. Yeah, you know what I mean? It should be in there, too. Weird. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. I like these. Um, are you looking in the sketchbook in the back? Yeah. The original thumbnails by uh, Richard Pace. Okay. They are really cool. Yeah. You remember, he was the one that did uh, that Hellboy drawing for us for our Planned Parenthood raffle. Yeah. Richard yeah. Pace. Yeah. Shout yeah, out to man. him. He's got an awesome account. Uh, definitely follow him on social media. I'll link it in the show notes. He posts some really cool art. That was super oh, cool. Oh, yeah. He's, it. like, up daily. Yeah, but uh, I thought this was a great recommendation for Halloween times because everyone's all gross and sad and weird. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird, gross version of Batman. And But, like, I, I was also... It. I was also thinking, like, they used a lot of people, but they didn't use everyone. Mm. Like, they could do another one. I don't know. Would you mm. want to see more of this with, like, he comes back as... Well, the- I think it's okay for some stories to just be over some stories just that's an ending and it's a satisfying ending and you right. don't need to do another one i guess so i mean they well, did kind of wrap everything up but i'm also thinking like okay let's say this was the actual origin of right. batman you know now you've got this man bat thing that's right. watching over gotham city like what else would you do with that i think that's a i think that's an entire story and and yeah. the only way i would want to see more of this is if it was a fucking awesome story so if well, they come up with one, then great. But yeah. I don't know. Well, look, I was gonna say if they um, if they had an idea and they wanted a story to tell, that'd be cool. But I just don't want to see like, oh, this one sold a bunch of comics. Let's make a sequel and not mm-hmm. involve the original people. Yes, right. You know? exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It would have to be with Mignola writing exactly it. Exactly that. But I was thinking like, okay, 
They didn't have the Joker. They didn't have Catwoman. No, and I'll tell you why. They didn't have, uh, you know, the Riddler, you know. No. They, they could do some weird, gross stuff with those characters. You don't fucking need the Joker. But what if he yeah, was they... weird and gross? No. He's weird and gross already. It's, it's already. <laughs> Everyone has had that idea already, John. Oh. I'm sick of it. I, want to see I don't Ma- ever want to see that character ever again. But I want to see Mignola's version of weird, gross Joker. I'm sick of him. I think it would be interesting. I'm sick of it. In the bin. Harley Quinn. Weird, gross. In the fucking bin. And weird, gross Harley Quinn. I am so sick of these characters. In the bin. I would love to see Mignola's version of these. Yeah, I think it would be fun. I don't know. I just think it's like a... I mean, obviously, it was made like tw- over 20 years ago. I don't know if they're coming back for any sequels, you no. know, but like... I do like the idea, too, that they were like, hey, Mignola, come do a Batman comic. And he's like, no. I'm going to fucking do Hellboy. <laughs> I'm going to do Hellboy, and I'm going to kill all the characters right away. and just It's going to be weird know. and gross. And, and But I, I thought it was cool, it's too. Great. It's like, in this version, that's all you got. I thought it was I, cool. I, also re- I really like the inclusion of like Jason, Tim, and uh, Dick as part yeah. of his like you know crew traveling around the world and all yeah. that right he's got these boys that he's brought in you know along the way or whatever which is yeah, yeah. i guess that's well, pretty and, cool i mean green arrow even said he's like you're gonna settle down and raise these boys yeah yeah like he's got three children on a dangerous expedition in the arctic what the fuck is he doing who's letting him do this <laughs> that's what you in the well, 20s maybe, you could just maybe, do that you could just in the 20s you could just kidnap three children mm-hmm. and go on an expedition to the arctic yeah if you were rich enough sure yeah, well, maybe he, he saved him on the way to the Arctic. Yeah, maybe there was like, mm-hmm. I, I got him out of a jam. Okay. Yeah. They're all other kids whose parents were stabbed by... by stabbed by, so many times. <laughs> I know. I, I loved, like you said, they had the balls to do like yeah, something man. weird, you know, and just like take a big swing at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to hear what you guys thought. I'd love to hear what Wes thought. So I would this, love that. This was Wes's recommendation. So, man, Wes, give us some feedback or send in a little voicemail or something. Please that would be fun. Please do. I wish we could have had oh, you yes, on this one, buddy. Do, Wes. Yeah, but we'll have Wes soon. Thanks so much for the recommendation. I'm glad we could make it out for Halloween times. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. Batman, the doom that came to Gotham. What did you think? Send us a Hey, you damn guys at bookclubmembercomics at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at bookclubmembercomics and on Twitter at bookclubmembers. And as always, you can find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to Paul from Gotterhorn for the listener feedback theme. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Only Beast, for the theme theme. <laughs> thank you ross for the logo and matt for the banner yes. and uh you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and when you're there open it up and give us that five-star review every little bit helps uh and if you're enjoying what you're hearing tell a friend have them join the book club everybody wants to be a book club member yes do it next week we're going to be doing another commentary for an X-Files episode. Yes. Do you want to tell what episodes we're going to be watching, Danielle? We're going to be watching The Ghost That Stole Christmas and Jose Chung's From Outer Space. There you go. So you can watch them in advance if you want to. Yeah. So you guys know what to do. Pull out your old VHSs, get, out, get them on the DVD, do them on the streaming service, and join us next week at Book Club Member Comics. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a lizard that's been summoned by some sort of a like a sorceress or something. I'm just chilling, just enjoying <laughs> my day. Everyone else seems very bothered, but I'm not. And I'm already love saying, "Jump up, Jiminy!" <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one.